Hey everyone, I want to once again thank you for joining me as we continue walking through the strange Paradiso. I would also like to thank those of you who are following this podcast. It means so much to me. And um, I have to tell you, when I first started doing this, I first started doing it, I believe it was March of 2020. It's at the onset almost of the pandemic. And um, so I was not able to work. My husband still went to work. His job was not affected, but I was not able to work. So I decided that I was going to start looking around. I was going to try to get a YouTube, but um, someone that I know suggested that I try this app. At the time, it was Anchor. And um, she said, why don't you try doing that and see how you like it? And it just kind of um, filled my time between researching and reading certain things to present to the listeners as well as taking the 45 minutes, almost an hour out of my day to forget all of the madness that was going on in the world at the time where I could just share some of these things with you and then we could all walk together and forget some of those other things that were happening at the time. So I want to thank you, not only the followers, which I am really, really amazed that um, we have come this far, but also those of you who just take time out of your day. It may not be every show. It may be only once in a while, but I want to thank you also because without you, I would not be doing this. There would be no reason for me to do this. So I want to just welcome all of you on the walk, on the journey that we are all on to hear these things, to try to figure some of them out, and sometimes to maybe go a little further and research some of these things on our own. Some of these strange things and encounters, mysteries that we hear about. So that's why I like to come on, walk and talk with you all and share these stories. But once again, I want to thank all of you. You're all awesome. All of you are awesome people. Okay. So this is um, something that was presented to me. This person lives in kind of like in the same neighborhood where I live, not on the same block, but in the same neighborhood. And it seems like quite a few of these residences have activity. I've met some people around here who um, have had activity in their houses. And the houses are not old, but that doesn't matter, right? We all know this. But I just wonder sometimes, where is all this coming from? Because our house, we are the first and only owners of this place. And I'm going to tell you, there has been some stuff that has taken place here. Not only in the house, but outside as well. I have shared some of that with you guys in the past. 
about some of these things. Um, so this person lives in the same neighborhood, just not on the same block, once again. And she said that as soon as they moved into their house, things started happening. They noticed things happening. There were things rearranged. There were things missing as well as things that did not belong to them would appear. They would find plates. They would find items on their table, on the countertops. She picked one up and she said, this, this does not belong to us. We don't know where this came from. As a matter of fact, it just came like this morning. So these things are recent. They're still happening. No one knows what the heck is going on. But now what happened is her husband has a job that keeps him away many nights during the week. He's like a on a 48-hour schedule on certain nights. She says that she heard a noise coming from downstairs. Now, she has... She has one daughter still at home. Her daughter is a senior in high school. So she heard a noise coming from downstairs. She thought maybe it's her daughter, so she just kind of like ignored it. But then she heard it again. She said it sounded like creaking footsteps. It was coming from downstairs, but she doesn't know why it was creaking because nothing creaks. Their floors don't creak or anything like that. So she sat up in her bed and then it stopped. So she laid back down and it started up again. So... She sat up and then she's like, okay, this whatever, she felt like she was being toyed with. So she gets out of bed and she goes downstairs and she smells smoke. She smells cigarette smoke. So she backs up, she opens her daughter's bedroom door. Her daughter's asleep. She closes the door. She goes back to the top of the stairs and she can smell it. So she goes downstairs and she sees a cigarette on a plate sitting on the table. She said there was no one else in the house. But all of a sudden, she said, I felt very vulnerable. I felt not scared in a spooky sense, but scared in a vulnerable sense that there was someone in the house. So she went back upstairs. She got her weapon. She started going back down the stairs. There was no one there. So she continues on going around. Everything was locked. Nothing was open. No doors open. No doors unlocked. No windows open. No windows unlocked. Everything was secured. But yet, there was a cigarette. And it was still burning on the plate. She said, it must have been there for quite some time because the, it was, the smell was pretty intense when she came first out of her room to the top of the stairs. And she just looked at it and she said, the plate was one of our plates from our cabinet. So it's not like the plate just appeared out of nowhere. It was one of theirs. 
the cigarette. Nobody in her family smoked. She said, and I'm pretty sure, like, if my daughter smoked, she wouldn't be smoking downstairs in the house and leaving her cigarette on a plate. So there was nothing in the house. She doesn't know where this thing came from. So she picked up the plate. She put it in the sink. She doused it with some water. She went upstairs and told her daughter. Her daughter was like, what? And she said, yeah. I heard some creaking, like footsteps. She's like, I don't know how because our floors don't creak. And there's a cigarette burning there on the table. So while some of these other things have taken place in their house, this just seems to be a... um, like some sort of communication saying that, like making an announcement. Like, okay, I'm here or whatever, and if I want to smoke, I'm going to smoke. I'm not going away. Like whatever, whoever this is, there seems to be an element of comfort because, I mean, with this entity, because whatever the heck it is, Felt comfortable enough to just, what, light a cigarette? See, it's very strange because in order to be able to do something like that, there has to be a a substance, a material. I've never um, known a uh, spirit to be able to light a cigarette. I mean, that takes something. That takes material, like an organic object, to be able to light this thing. And how was it lit? The stove wasn't on. There were no matches around. There were no lighters. So how did that happen? It's very strange when I start looking at this a little more in depth. The more I look at this, the more it seems like it almost, almost now, had to be an individual. Had to be some sort of living thing to be able to do that, right? Or... I don't know how else this could be possible. I've heard of people being pushed. I've heard of people being shoved and they actually have a handprint on them. So that's the same kind of thing. If you can, if, if this entity is able to move an object, is able to push a person, if these things are able to turn on the lights, and so on. But to me, where was the fire that lit this cigarette? And I don't even want to go further with this because um, it just, to me, there's an element there of danger, okay, with the whole cigarette thing. It just leads me to think, all right, well, what was the catalyst that cause that cigarette to be lit. That had to come from somewhere. So yeah, this is um, 
very strange and very mysterious. And the only thing that I could say is somebody needs to come in and clear this area immediately. This is no time to say, oh, well, nothing else has ever happened or, oh, I don't feel anything like negative. I think that this is just like a friendly, no, no, no. This has to be dealt with immediately. That's the only thing that I could say. And um, what it is, well, these things are not good. We know this, but what exactly it is, I can't say, but um, I would tend to uh, believe that it is diabolical. Okay, so we're just waiting to see what goes on with the clearing. And I don't know, guys, because I don't do clearings. So I don't know if when these things are being done, if the people know, like the person is doing the clearing, I don't know if they get a sense at the time, maybe before or during or after of what this actually was. Because... um I've never done one before. All right. The other thing now, um, this is something, I have heard stories like this, the one that I'm going to talk about now. I have heard similar stories, and this is whistling. This person who shares this in, this story says that just out of nowhere, they hear whistling. There's no one around, but yet there's someone whistling in the house. People can be home, the family can be home, and they'll hear a whistling. But also, the house can be empty, like one person in there. Okay, like, like the mom, Carol. She's in the house, she's cleaning, and all of a sudden she hears whistling coming from a different room. As a matter of fact, that's really how it happened. She was at home, she was alone, she was cleaning, it was the middle of the day, she heard whistling coming from one of the bedrooms, so she thought, so she went in there to see maybe if uh, someone was still at home, but there was no one there. She went into each of the rooms, all the rooms were empty. She was like, yeah, I knew I was alone, but where in the heck does this whistling come from? So... Then she goes to look for anyone's cell phone. Maybe it's a cell phone. You know how some uh, text message notifications or even ringers will have different sounds. Maybe somebody, one of them had their notification set to like this whistling sound. So she looked around. No, there were no cell phones, no radio on, no TV on, no nothing. So this is something that doesn't happen all the time. It's not like an everyday occurrence, but it is something that's happening randomly. What is causing this? They have no birds, okay? And it's not like it's birds coming from outside. And she said it's not even a bird whistle. It's a whistle, like someone is whistling. Where this is coming from and what this is, is unknown. It's not a song, it's not a tune, it's just a whistle, just like a, like that. See, I can't whistle, so I can't do imitation of the whistle, but it's not any type of tune. 
just like a whistle like that to get someone's attention is what that is. Once again, it is, I believe, an attention getter, but to what extent? Okay, what is going to happen? What could potentially happen with this? Or is it just something that is going to toy with people? Like it toyed with Carol, making her to go through all these rooms, looking for cell phones, looking for a radio, a TV on, anything. So will this progress into something more? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, we never know. But the only thing that I could suggest about this is that you really have to notice now anything else. And sometimes these things are not easy to spot because there are things that can happen that unless it's blatant enough, we might not notice. So they have to be very aware to anything new. See, and that's where it can be difficult because now our minds can actually play tricks on us. So it's like a fine line that we have to walk when we're doing things like this. Yeah, it's really easy, guys, because it can be like you never noticed something before, but it's been there all along, you know, but you just never noticed it before because you were never really looking for something before. So it's not easy to um, have that. It's like an, a super ultra attention to detail that you have to kind of like train yourself to be, but without going overboard. So it is not an easy task. Okay. This other one I want to share with you, this is something that actually came out a few years ago. And I always found this story pretty, um, pretty fascinating. So um, I believe this happened in India. And uh, the people, the homeowners, were going to go away for a couple of days. I guess they were going to go away for like a short little weekend getaway. So in the meantime, while the owners of the house are gone, a man decides that he's going to break into the house, okay? And he's going to like rob them. But in the meantime, I guess he can take his time because he must have known that these people were going to be away for at least a day, at least a full day. All right. So he's in there and I guess he's looking around in the house and all of a sudden he is thrown by something he cannot see. So this invisible force throws him and actually pins him to the floor. This man, who was the would-be robber, cannot get up. He cannot make a phone call. He cannot get out of the house because he is being apprehended by something he cannot see. It was like he was being held down by the invisible man. So this force, whatever it was, actually 
held this guy, actually apprehended this guy in the house until the homeowners got back home. So you can imagine their surprise. They opened the door and there's this guy pinned to the floor of their house crying. And he's telling them it won't let him up. And in the meantime, because he had been there for at least a couple of days, he was really hungry and he was really thirsty. So I guess the authorities were called and they were able to take this man to jail or whatever it was. But I don't know what happened. I believe the homeowners were stunned for one thing. Like, yeah, what is that thing that held him there? Maybe he's just like a wackadoodle. But no, no, this guy wasn't, he wasn't mentally impaired. Something did hold him down and not let him leave the house for those days. And um, I want to say that the homeowner said, well, you know what? And we believe he suffered enough, so we're not going to press charges. I mean, you have to look at that, guys, and fact check me on this because I'm not sure. I read this story a, f- a few years ago. So I just remember the parts of it where, um, yeah, he was apprehended by something he could not see. And he was hungry. Can you imagine? Yeah, he was hungry and thirsty and who knows what else. That is something now that seems like these people have um, some sort of spiritual activity in their house that actually protected them, all right? Protected them from being robbed. And even because we don't know what the guy's mindset was, could have protected them from being killed or attacked physically, okay, by this would-be robber. Or, because we have to look at the other side of this, it could have been something in a, like, in a guise of, oh yeah, you got a friendly spirit here, you've got a guardian spirit, and now these people are going to be communicating with this spirit because it saved them from harm, saved them from being robbed, because these things actually come in try to worm their way into people's lives by seeming friendly, by seeming helpful, by seeming like, oh, but it's a good spirit. It's not a bad spirit. So I don't know what happened later. I don't know if these people said, oh, we have a friendly spirit in here and it protects us. And so we're going to give it a name. See, I don't know. But I am saying that I have a, it's not a similar experience to that extent. It wasn't that dramatic as holding someone down and not letting them out of the house or anything like that. But I did have an experience with something I thought was looking out for me. And so I started some sort of communication and yeah, it really wasn't anything good. So I don't know what to say about this story, but there are two ways of looking at this. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine no matter what this thing was that um, wouldn't let this Robert leave, 
if I was him, that would have freaked me out so bad. I would have like given up my life of crime. Yeah, that would have been a big deterrent for me. Yep, I'm not doing that anymore. Okay. So um, I have a report of someone who says that in their house, and now this is when they were young. They don't live in this house anymore. When they were growing up, they would see sometimes not a full body apparition, but a face. They would see this face when it was dark, when it was night. Sometimes the face would be in the closet if the closet was open. Sometimes it would just be in the room. It all depended, but it was always in the darkness. The face, they could see that the eyes, even though it was dark, okay, they could see a darker outline of a face and it looked like a human-shaped face. The eyes were a white color, the eye sockets. They couldn't actually see like an eyeball or anything like that, but the sockets were a white color. And once again, even though it was dark, okay, the outline of the face was darker than, than the room was. And also the face filled in, okay, with like either worms, it looked like a bunch of worms or a bunch of scribbles. So it wasn't smooth. It was like worm looking or scribble looking. Like somebody got a dark crayon and just scribbled inside of the facial outline. Not to mention the outline of the eye sockets that were white. Um... These things happen so much to children. That's usually where it starts. The, the majority of paranormal researchers and investigators, people who are, um, I'm not going to say hunters, but people who are, you know, like to us, we read about it. We study it, always trying to find some type of similar experience as we have had reported by others. You know, we're always looking for that, well, maybe this happened to someone else kind of deal. But I'm going to say that the majority of us have had these things happening to us since we were young children. And that's what piques our interest later in our lives. Now, not everyone. I know that I know a couple of people only who had uh, strange things happen to them and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want anything to do with it. They just try to put it behind them. But for the majority of us, it just leads us to look into these things because besides looking for similar experiences by other people. We're always looking for the reason, the reason why. This face that was described, okay, because we also, we talk about alternate realities, parallel universes, 
things like this. Well, something like this, in my opinion, is, I mean, um, this is just me, okay? But something like this, this face, to me, seems like it is a a um, entity that knows exactly what it's doing. It's there for a reason, and the reason is to instill fear. It has one purpose, and that is the purpose. So with children, because a lot of them, depending on the age, they don't know these things. They don't know these things exist. They see the monster in the closet. They see the the bear, you know, and just other things like this. They really, they don't know why. They don't know exactly what it is. Well, a lot of times that's why we continue to study because we don't know what they are either. But I want to say that I believe that this thing was an evil entity its only purpose was to frighten, and it was not from an alternate reality. It was from this reality. People a long time ago used to, um, I believe people used to live in their houses longer. It seems like People, um, I can't give you an exact decade, but maybe up until like the late 70s, maybe even into the early 80s, they would live in their houses for like 40 years and even all of their lives, like mom and dad would buy a house when the children were little and the children would grow up and move away and mom and dad would still live in that house. Not like today. We might live in the house for so many years, but we don't plan on staying here forever. We're going to sell this house at some point and maybe upgrade to a bigger house, maybe even downsize. But people don't live in the houses as long as they used to. So with that, you had many people who would pass away in their houses because they would live in them since the time they bought them to the time they're elderly now. Not that that means the house has to be haunted because someone passes away in it. But these things, these not-so-good spirits take advantage of that fact. And it's, they use that, okay, So then people automatically are, I'm not going to say comfortable, but they automatically feel, okay, well, this house has some spiritual activity because the man who used to live here passed away and he really loved this house or he was really mean. I mean, there are, it goes from right, way right to way left, okay? So the person who loved the house so much, they really don't want to leave it, so their spirit is lingering there, or this person was so mean and tormented his family and his wife, so his his spirit is still in there. All of these things, no matter, are an attraction to these entities, 
they know when someone has passed away in the house. Or maybe it could have been like both of the people. It could have been mom and dad. So that is used. It's like they use it as an excuse to haunt the house. So how does it get in there? Because we talk about things being let in. And it has to have a legal right to be there. There has to be some sort of welcome in there. Well, we all know that there are many ways of doing that. And one of the ways is automatically, for some people, not all, when someone passes away in the house. Now, it doesn't mean that it's the family of the deceased. It could be a realtor. It could be someone who is selling the house. It could be someone who is involved in the estate sale. It could be someone, um, one of the, it could be one of the family members, but there is always someone who is going to address the person who has crossed over. There is always going to be someone who does this. And I used to, okay, I used to do that. I am guilty of doing that in the past because I didn't know any better. I was ignorant to that. So when someone in my family passed away, this happened one day, I went to the house and I was standing at the bedroom door of the bedroom that used to be theirs. And I said hi to them. I mean, she was not there anymore. She had passed away. And I went and I stood by that bedroom door. I just um, was standing there looking. I said, I'm going to say her name was uh, Debbie. And I said, hi, Debbie. And everyone just had a smile on their face because I was acknowledging that that was Debbie's room and I hadn't forgot about her and this and that. But what I did was I actually opened a door, okay? Because Debbie wasn't there. And it wasn't until later I realized that that's all it takes because some of these things are so easy, guys. Remember, we have talked before how easy it is to conjure, how easy it is to invite these things into our realm, our personal space. And once again, I realized later on, oh, I was acknowledging the name. The person was no longer there. So there you go. And I know that sometimes it sounds like, oh, no, it can't be that easy. It is that easy, guys. It's very easy. Just like putting that welcome sign at your door. As I drive around every day, just in the neighborhood, just going to the market, whatever, and I'm driving through the neighborhood, and I see plenty of people out there with these big welcome signs. It's like a board, okay? It's a tall board, maybe like five feet tall. And it's propped up against the house, like on the porch. And there's a big old welcome written on it. It's that easy. And the first thing that I do when people call me, when I go to their house, and you know, I don't go in. I don't have to go in. 
when I just go to take their like little preliminary report, I notice that sign. Well, what do you think? It doesn't say, welcome, uh, like say your husband's name is Dan. It doesn't say, welcome, Dan. Dan Smith. It just is a big old welcome sign. So believe it or not, what you are doing is you are welcoming any and everything in. That's what you are doing. Now, who made these welcome signs? Who started this? A long time ago. I mean, we've seen welcome mats on doors, on on porches forever. I remember as a kid, there's always been a welcome mat on the porch. And now they've got those big wooden signs, welcome. Now they've got these things hanging on the wind chime, welcome. There are welcomes all over the place. And they, they're all so pretty. They're all so eye-catching. But I'm here to tell you, the welcome sign is welcoming everything and anything. So I, okay, once again, I'm guilty of that. I used to have a welcome mat on my porch because I didn't know any better. And one day, and I wasn't even thinking about what this really meant, okay? I was not thinking about it. But one day I got that welcome mat and I just turned it around so that when I step out of my door to go outside, I could read it. So it's like welcome to nature, welcome to outside. That's what I did to both of my, well, three of them, because I had one at the front door. I had one from the garage leading into the side of the house there. And then I have one. Oh, actually, I have four because I have a slider in the family room and I have a slider in my bedroom. So all of those welcomes, I just turned them around because I just figured that's where the welcome is. Welcome to the outdoors. And then later on, I discovered that putting that welcome mat to welcome anything in is probably not what you want to do. So that is what I tell people. You know, I know you have that. I see you have that big welcome sign there, the wooden welcome sign, and they're very pretty, and it looks like they're carved in a piece of wood, and there are little flowers painted on it, and this and that. And I advise people, they don't have to take my advice, of course. I'm just advising them, when you have that welcome sign out there, you're welcoming in things that even you cannot see. And that's just how it is. I'm not telling you, take it down. I'm not telling you what to do because it's your house. But these things are true. It doesn't take much. So... Many people have actually, I've noticed, have actually taken those things off when I have told them about it. People who are having a lot of activity in the houses and who don't know where it came from or how this started, I will ask them, 
How long has that been here? Oh, we just got it. So, you know, when we moved, got this house, la, la, la. And I tell them. So you don't have to believe me. But um, this is how it is. This is what, what uh, I truly, truly believe. You could get that welcome thing and put it out in your backyard. You could put it out in your backyard and paint it and say, welcome nature, welcome birds, whatever. But to put it in any entrance to your house, I believe is asking and welcoming, welcoming something else to come into your realm. So, um, yeah, and those welcome mats, you can keep them there at your entryways. Just turn them around. That's what I did anyways. And I have noticed that um, since I started doing that, and I've been doing that for a long time now, things uh, don't happen the way that they used to. I used to get a lot of, a um, lot more th- things going on than I do now. So with that, um, that is pretty much all I've got. I had a uh, something that I was listening to earlier today. Now, this is something that is theory because I never heard this before and I don't know if it's true or not. I really don't know. But there are quite a few people and when I'm, I'm talking about celebrities, There are some celebrities who um, we have heard have sold their souls and who are Satanists and who are Luciferian and all this and that. And I don't know, guys, because I don't know them. I just, that information, I just kind of like put it away, you know, in the back of my mind. But um, I've always liked Nine Inch Nails, okay? I've always liked. Trent Reznor, I like the way he sings and this and that. And uh, so I was listening to someone who said, because I was always wondering about the name, Nine Inch Nails. Like it kind of reminded me of those things that they use on the railroad tracks, but I guess those are spikes and they're longer than nine inches. But uh, it was being said that this person is a Luciferian, And that the name Nine Inch Nails actually has something to do with Jesus being crucified on the cross. With the nails that they put in his hands and his feet to nail him to the cross. Well, once again, I don't know that for a fact, but it was rather disturbing, okay? But then again, there's another thing that was said that this is something that Mr. Reznor said. Now, I don't know this. I'm only telling you what I heard. I don't know that he really said this at all. You will have to fact check this, okay? But um, this person goes on to say that I guess back a long time ago during the first album, that Nine Inch Nails was uh, recorded, that they could not 
sell this album. Nobody was paying attention. Nobody wanted to buy this album. And it was just not doing good because Mr. Reznor had said that when he was young, he had been raped and the person who raped him with a nine inch nail. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't take it literally like it was a real nail. I take it as it was just a name for something else, some body part name that he called a nine inch nail. But I mean, these are two different stories now, okay? So I don't know where to go with this. I don't even know if um, maybe this whole thing is just a bunch of hoo-ha. But when I stop and think, nine-inch nails, and when you look at the N-I-N, okay? Now, that's a three. I mean, as far as the, the N for the nine, the I for the inch, and the other N for the nail, there were three nails used to nail Christ to the cross. And it kind of all makes sense. But it is still theory because I'm just presenting this. I don't know for a fact. I don't know if any of this is real. Then it goes on to say that Mr. Reznor has said that he is a Christian. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, the whole thing is pretty complicated. It sounds pretty complicated. There are too many things going on here. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Maybe this is just for like publicity. Maybe this whole thing is just for a create a persona for entertainment also. You know, this is for, once again, for the individual to take this, think about it or look into it, come up with what you believe it really is, what you believe is really going on here. Because as of right now, I personally, I see how the nine-inch nail thing could, could be associated with the crucifixion, but I don't know for sure. I cannot accuse anyone of anything when I don't know. Pretty, pretty complicated, isn't it? It gets a little confusing, a little... <laughs> A little like, okay, wait a minute. I had to stop and think about this. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to present this to you guys, but um, it is kind of interesting. When you stop and look at different names people have for even their email addresses, okay, for the names of bands, for the names of songs and certain other things, I mean, we never know. But I'm going to tell you, I always thought that it was a cool name. I always liked Nine Inch Nails. So, um, you know, if, you're, if this interests you and you care to look into this a little bit more, that's great. 
I, I don't know. I might, I might not. Because whatever it is that we choose to do, whatever it is that we believe, if at some point it's wrong, well, we are all going to have to deal with it ourselves. So, you know, but it's freedom of expression. He's an artist. We know that artists do things because they're artsy, you know, and they have these different ways of expressing things. I don't believe that I could ever understand an artist. They're on a completely different level. And a, I just uh, could never understand. Just to be able to create music, to make melodies, to write melodies is, uh, yeah, you're just on a completely different level. Way, way above anything that I could ever do. I'll tell you, I could never create any type of tune. But anyways, that's all that I've got for today, guys. I started going on and on on this little rant. But um, I wanted to thank you all once again for joining me as we continue walking. We're never going to run out of things to talk about, guys. It's stuff just uh, doesn't stop. And in the meantime, because I won't be able to be back until probably Friday, I'm going to be looking for some creepy stuff to get into, okay? Some stuff that is just wickedly creepy. That stuff that makes us go like, Ugh, you know. So I wish you all a great rest of your Monday. Everybody, Keep. let's just keep walking and talking and noticing the things that are going on around us, all right? We'll be talking again soon. Thanks again, guys. Ciao.